Hi, my name is Greg Boyd. I'm the senior pastor of Woodland Hills Church, and I'm really glad that you made the choice to get together with God's people and hear the word and, and worship God this morning. Uh, remember to love your enemies, Kingdom Revolutionaries. This is the same shirt I wore last week, but it's actually just the same shirt I wore about three minutes ago because we taped last week's message three minutes before we taped this week's message. So there you go. Uh, before I announce this weekend's speaker, I, I want to make an announcement that I made last week, three minutes ago, uh, regarding the Covenant Partners. Covenant Partners, we are having a meeting on March 2nd, 6.30, Sunday night, that's very, very important for you to be at. We've really been sensing the need to be hearing from God, and including the, the broader body in hearing from God. And so on Sunday night, we're going to break into to groups or go out individually and pray for various ministries as we feel led. But we want people not just to be praying for the ministry, but to be listening to God about that ministry. Uh, and if they feel like they hear anything, to be, be uh, giving us feedback on that. So please, uh, if at all possible, make it out to the Covenant Partner meeting on Sunday night. Now for this weekend sermon, uh, I, we've asked uh, a good friend of mine, a good friend of the church, uh, to fill in. Uh, his name is Dwayne Pope. Dwayne, Dwayne, I, I've known him for eight years. Uh, we've, he's been a theological sparring partner of mine for eight years. Uh, we've had a, a great relationship during this time. I've just loved the growth I've seen in this young man's life. Uh, he is a radical kingdom revolutionary. He was on staff for three years and then felt called to just pour himself into a neighborhood ministry. And so, so he, he left staff, but he's still part of Woodland Hills Church. Love this man. Love his spirit. Love his mind. Uh, he thinks outside the box. He lives outside the box. We've been talking about prayer, and uh, what we wanted to focus on this weekend was listening to God, how to listen to God, and what it means to listen to God, and walk in the Spirit. And Dwayne, if he's anything, is a man who knows how to listen to God and walk in the Spirit. And so, would you please give a warm, enthusiastic Woodland Hills welcome to Dwayne Polk. Uh, yeah. What is up, Woodland Hills? What is up, Woodland Hills? Good morning to you. I love you guys. I really do. Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am Dwayne Polk, and um, yes, I used to be on staff here. I just want to let y'all know, though, I am here. I'm a covenant partner. This is my family. Y'all are my, my brothers and sisters, so just let y'all know that. Also, I wanted to just thank, uh, as Greg said, I moved um, on from being on staff and I went to do some community ministry. And I just want to thank everybody that has prayed for me, supported me in any kind of way from this church family. There's been so much support, so much love. So anybody that's ever done any type of support in that way, thank you from the bottom of my heart, okay? Thank you very much. Um, right now, we're in the middle of a prayer series. And... Um, Prayer is central to everything we do in Woodland Hills. It's a major value that we have. We believe that everything that is of kingdom value moves by prayer. And so Greg has been talking about that importance and he's been talking about the context. There's so many things that we can't know, whether it's free will or whether it's just things that are just not perceivable by us. And so there's so many factors we don't know and that actually enhances the need for a prayer. I don't know about y'all, but the less I know, the more I feel I have to pray. I just like, if I don't know, let me pray even more, harder. So um, he was talking about that. And then there was a, um, a beautiful message by Scott Abbott. Um, that man can sing. Get the tape. He can sing. But anyway, he gave a great message about unanswered prayer and um, focusing on God's love in the midst of that. So there's been many good sermons here on prayer. And so I'm hoping to, um, by the Spirit of God, add to that. Today we are going to talk about hearing from God. Um, 
Believe it or not, prayer is communication, and communication is not only speaking to God, but listening to God. And so it's very important that we understand how to do that, so I'm going to try to talk about that. And the way that I'm going to introduce the idea of hearing from God is by the numbers. One, two, 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 one. Now I want everybody to say it with me. One, two, 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 one. I'm going to try it again. One, two, 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 one. Snap your fingers with it. One, two, 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 one. Now lean back. One, two, 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 one. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, now I know y'all saying, okay, has Dwayne gone to some kind of numerology cult? Like, girl, he was having us do some Morse code prayer. I don't know what it was. One, two, two, something. All right. <laughs> I'm not crazy, all right? This is just a schematic. This is a way of thinking about hearing from God that I have, and I feel like it might be useful um, to talk with you about it as far as one, two, two, one. There's principles that are behind this. So I'm going to talk about some of these principles. First of all, there's one goal. One goal. Um, I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to invest any kind of energy in something when I really don't know what the goal is. And there's a lot of energy and a lot of intentionality that has to go into speaking and hearing from God. So I feel like if we get a good idea of what the goal is, then we'll know why we're striving for this whole thing in the first place. So that's one goal. Then there's two basic beliefs. Whenever we um, go to anything or, or do any type of action, we usually have previous beliefs or presuppositions about that thing, and prayer is no different. And what I've discovered is there's some beliefs that believers may have that might hurt their chances from um, hearing from God. Maybe it's the way they think about God or the way they think about themselves. But unless we get the basic beliefs down right, we might have a hard time going to that goal. So we're going to talk about the basic beliefs. Then there's challenges. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes it is very challenging to hear God. And there's some very good reasons for that. And so before we're going to make any lasting spiritual change, we have to just face those challenges. So after the basic beliefs, we're going to deal with two challenges. Then there's two methods. I feel like God is revealed in his word and revealed um, through Jesus two manners in which that we are to participate in hearing from God that work with the challenges and actually bring God's um, blessing out of that. And um, there's very important. The last one is one stance. And I'm going to spend some significant energy and time on that one stance because I believe that without that one stance, all of the other numbers, they either get skewed or they just um, don't have any effectiveness altogether. So this is the one, two, 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 one that I'm talking about. So hopefully that'll help y'all remember it. Let's pray. Father, um, our prayer is simple. We're worshiping you. We just, your spirit is here. We just pray that you would, by your spirit, open our ears, open our spiritual ears to your word and let your word just pour forth and let your word just energize our hearts. Father, we want to be a people that hear you clearly and do what you've called us to do. So, Father, we pray that as a result of this word, you would give us information, give us different tools that we need to do this as a body and as individuals. And I just pray as a result of this word, that none of us will be the same. Completely empty this vessel and just pour your word through it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. First of all, let's start with the goal. I'm starting with Luke 11, verses 5 through 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and those who seek find. And to those who knock, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? 
or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. Now, this is the major part here. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I want to say that one again. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? One of the major things that we're supposed to understand about prayer is that we are children of God. As temples of the Holy Spirit, what the Bible says we are as believers, we are his ecclesia, we are his church. We, that means we are called out. We have been called out from darkness into light. We've been called out of death into life. And we have been, as the Bible says, we have been bound together as diverse as we are, diverse backgrounds, diverse personalities. We have been bound together by one spirit, and that one spirit is the Holy Spirit of God. So the one thing that we understand, even in the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, it begins with our Father. He wants us to understand us as his children and he wants to give us the bounties of the Holy Spirit. And let me describe the bounties of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit are love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, goodness, self-control. Then you have things like joy, righteousness, and peace is in the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to give us life and abundant life. Now, I don't know about y'all, but it seems to me like God is trying to give us the very best that he can offer us. He wants to offer us his very Holy Spirit. That is better than any material object we can pray for. That is better than any type of situation we can ask to be released from, is to be in the midst of his spirit. His spirit is what gives us the peace that passes all understanding that enables us to deal with any life situation. That is the best possible gift. But let's stick on the children theme. I want to convince us God is speaking to us as children. Go to Romans 8. Romans 8, 14 through 17. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs. Check this out. We are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might share in his glory. Now, let me tell you something. This is better than praying for some, praying for some Ikea furniture. <laughs> yeah. This is some tall order stuff. We are talking about a beautiful relationship with God where we have the power to serve, the power to love, the power to actually be the church. This is not about, uh, about praying for some spe specific outcome, more than it's about just letting the love of God, like we said, rest Jesus on our hearts like to do in the morning. We want the Holy Spirit of God to rest on us at all times and let us know that we are his children. That's why the one goal, and now we're talking about the one goal, the one goal of all this is we are called to be children of God, filled with God's spirit who always hear and respond to the Father's love in God's creation. Whenever we live, whenever we move, whatever we do, we have to understand that we are made to be filled with God's spirit and respond to him in an Abba Father way. That's what that Roman scripture was saying. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are indeed the children of God. And that's why we're like, Daddy, when we're talking about God. God is our Father. He is the one that loves us and sustains and creates us. He loves us. 
And so the main thing that he wants for us is for us to be children of the Spirit so we can truly live as his children. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not to get our own specific needs met. That's why the first part of it is our Father who art in heaven, holy is your name, let your kingdom come, let your will be done, not let my will be done. So that is the goal, that we be the children of God filled with God's spirit who always hear and respond to the Father's love and God's creation. Now, how does he want us to do this? Again, we have to talk about the basic beliefs. One of the things is I've been doing research and talking about this with different people is that there are a lot of beliefs that believers have about God that prevent them from hearing from God. Sometimes people feel like they have been so bad that God just doesn't want to talk to them. Like God's just like, I don't want to talk to you, you nasty. Don't talk to me, boo-boo, your, your mic's off, boo-boo. But then there's other people that feel like they are so ashamed of themselves, they know their sin, they know the things that they've done to people, and they tell themselves, God wouldn't want to talk to me. I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'm worthless. God would not want to talk to me. And these beliefs stop the believer from actually participating in the full life of what it means to hear God and love God. So we're going to deal with some of these beliefs. The first belief that we have to set straight is God is always calling us to himself. God is always calling us to himself. In the beginning, we see that God spoke everything to existence. He spoke. He said, let there be light. And there was light. He spoke humanity into existence. There was nothing. And out of nothing, ex nihilo, he created. Now, here's the thing. He is currently sustaining us in our existence right now. He speaks us into existence at all times. The word says, by the power of his word, all things are upheld. Now, this is what I want y'all to do. I want y'all to take a deep breath, go. Let it out. Okay, wax on. Wax on. All right. Now, this is what I do. Whenever I think about that breath that we just took in, I think about the scripture where it says that God breathed the spirit of life into man, he became a living soul. And so whenever I think about that, I say, whenever I breathe, this breath that I'm taking in is evidence of God calling to me. He's calling me to wake up in the morning saying, Dwayne, it's time to give more love. Dwayne, it's time to give more forgiveness. Dwayne, it's time to give more joy. Dwayne, it's time to give more peace. He's calling every moment, every moment we breathe, he is calling us into existence and he's saying, I love you. His love shines on the just and the unjust. He reigns on the just and the unjust. He loves everyone unconditionally and that's why we are, we are called into his love. We are called into his purpose. So if there has been any satanic lies saying in there that the father doesn't want to talk to you, say boop boop, that's not what's wrong. Delete it. Seriously, delete, delete that belief from your computer. Because if God is currently speaking you into existence, then that means he wants you to hear him. And we're going to say that. This is the next part. We know that God is always calling us to himself. But we have to know that we are created with the ability to hear God calling. See, the Bible says that we are created with something called a spirit. And we saw in the Roman spirit that that spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit that we are actually God's children, Abba Father. So what that shows me is we are created with this openness to others. That's why as spirit beings, as human beings, we can communicate, we can give and we can receive love, we can give and receive energy. We were created to hear and communicate. Now, this is the cool thing, because there's a lot of people that believe that there is something that you can do, something that you can say, some way that you can behave such that you break your ability to hear from God. 
That's not true. Now, again, we are saying that, that sin does separate us from hearing God, but that does not break your ability to hear God. If you, are if you are under the sound of my voice, you are created in the image of God, which means you have a human spirit, which means you are designed to hear God. You are designed to hear the creator that is speaking you into existence. Just like we are designed to communicate with one another, we are designed to communicate with our creator. And we are designed to hear from him. So again, there's just these lies that we have to get straight. I mean, there's been some times that I have felt so ashamed of myself that I'm like, God wouldn't want to, I, I can't hear from God. And guess what? What you believe, you have. That's why we have to get our minds straight. Two basic beliefs. God is always calling us to himself and God has created us with the ability to hear God calling. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me hope. That lets me know that God is on my side in this thing. All I have to do is just trust. I don't, I, have to, I don't have to believe the lies that I can't hear from God. I know I can hear from God because I believe his word. God said it, I believe it, and what? All right then. So, now the question's obvious. Okay, we know that we are designed with the apparatus to hear from God. We know that the Father's always speaking to us. So the question is, why don't we hear God? I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I'll be driving down the road and somebody will do something and at that moment I cease perceiving God and I start thinking, should I flip this person off? <laughs> well, no, I can't do that. I'm a pastor. Can I just look real mean at him? Like, I'm saying, let, let's just be real. Like we, we get into situations where we are not really perceptive of God always speaking his love to us. And I think that it is unfair to just put it all on the individual believer and say, oh, well, it's your fault because you don't have enough faith. There are actually genuine challenges that we have that impede us from hearing from God. And so that's what we want to talk about. The first thing is outer separation, the culture around us. I believe that in our American Western culture, as many benefits, as, as many freedoms as it gives us, I believe that it is at this point a very consumeristic, very individualistic, very me-centered orientation that basically makes people into commodities so that we can make money. Amen. Maybe that's just my experience. But there is a lot of, there's a lot of things in our society that tell us don't, don't be totally vulnerable to the other person because they can use that against you. And so you have to hold that to yourself. But what that doesn't understand is we live in a society that is so built on, on these images that it tells us not to even listen to our own spirits. So I can't listen to myself, so I'm deceiving myself. That's why the, the heart is deceitful above all things. And the same thing is I'm in a society that tells me that I can't trust you, so I really don't wanna listen to you either. Now here's the thing, if we're in a society that tells us not to fully be vulnerable and listen to another person, and I can't listen to myself because I'm so inbred in this, the culture, how can I hear the still, small voice of God in the midst of that? If I am always just surrounded by what money I have to make and what things I need to survive and all of these things that Jesus said the pagans run after, if my mind is constantly swimming that, how can I even hear my own self think, let alone God? This is the culture that we're in. And we have jobs, we have lives, we have all of these different things, but we have to realize that the very culture that we're in is countercultural to the openness and the vulnerability of the children of God in the church. And that's why it's so hard to live a life where we hear God when people are acting ungodly. But that is the stream that we're to swim upstream against. So that's one thing, it's the outer separation. And that leads to the next thing, which is inner separation. 
racism, sexism, classism, ableism, all of these different systemic structures that basically play us against ourselves in our own mind, pretty soon people start believing those things and they start hating themselves and other people. And before you know it, there's so much personal pain and maybe it's not, it's, it's part of that, but it's also just a, a family structure that you were in that told you you're nothing. Implicitly or explicitly telling you your voice doesn't matter. So when you have a person that is so in pain, so much in self-loathing, how can they even really hear God? Let me tell you something. There's been sometimes I've been so in pain because I was wounded or I was hurt by somebody. And somebody said, did you pray on that? And I'm like, no, I don't want to pray on that. No, I don't want to hear God. And he's like, well, that's interesting. Why do you not want to hear God? Because he's going to tell me to be patient. And I don't want to be patient. But I'm just, and that's funny, but I, I really want to just get the point. Sometimes our inner pain will make us not want to hear God because we don't want to do what we know his word says. Inner separation. So these are the challenges, my brothers and sisters, we're dealing with. We're dealing with a world that is run by Satan, the God of this world, and we're dealing with our own broken hearts. You put those two things together, you've got a pretty big challenge. But the thing that we know is, and this is what's really beautiful, God uses our challenges. He uses our challenges to humble us. And he uses our challenges to tell us, my grace is sufficient for you. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But I really think it's fair and only right that up front we deal with the, the, the mountains that we're dealing with. This is what we're dealing with when we're trying to hear from God. Okay. So, what are the two methods? What are the two methods that God has given us to tackle these formidable challenges? Two things. First method is hearing God in silence and solitude. We have Psalms where it says, be still and know that I am God. We have it in Matthew 6, 6, where Jesus is talking. He says, go to your, when you pray, go into your closet and pray to your father in secret and he'll reward you openly. There is value in spending time alone with your father. Check this out. Jesus was the Lord of all heaven and earth, right? He was the son of God. Now this man, he woke up early in the morning when it was still dark and he would go up the mountain to spend time alone with his father because he felt like he needed to do that. Now I don't know about y'all, but if the Lord of all heaven and creation has to do that, I think I do too. I can't just get away with, okay God, Bless uh, my day, amen? Mm-mm. Because I don't know about you, but people will test your nerves. <laughs> you will test your own nerves. And sometimes if you don't spend that time alone with God, you won't make it. And most, of, and, and most of all, it gives you the time that you need to get your identity from the one source that it needs to come from. The Father's love. That's why that time with yourself is so important. You cannot do without it. Here's the thing. Does anybody in here have any kind of TV show or something like that that they cannot miss? Like they will call a person at four in the morning and say, you better take this show because I need to watch it. <laughs> I have shows like that. And what, and what I've understood is if we even took that amount of intentionality and that much time and said, I'm going to spend this not on any bills, not thinking about kids, not thinking about my life. I'm only going to think about God and what he has done in this world and what he wants to do through me. Like me, it's like, okay, Dwayne, you like watching SpongeBob SquarePants? Can you take that? Can you might take that 30 minutes and maybe give that to me? Maybe? I was like, okay. <laughs> All right. So that's hearing God in silence and solitude. 
Now, we have to balance this out. It's very important that we balance this out because I don't want, you know, anybody, you know, you know, because we do have some people, you know, bless their hearts, but some people are like, well, I spent four hours in my prayer closet and God told me everything I need to hear and I don't need to hear anything from you. You can't tell me anything because God speaks to me in my prayer closet. That is a perspective, but there might be some, might need to be some balance there. Or maybe you're saying this, it's like, look, getting along with God on some mountain, I have a, I have a crazy husband, two kids, and three dogs. I don't have time for that. <laughs> so I am talking to the people that um, live real life, that cannot go away to the mountains of Russia or any, or any monastery or something like that. We're just going to see what we can do here. There is hope for us. There is, a, there is a quote by Bishop Callistos Ware, and he is a bishop in the, um, he was a bishop in the Eastern Orthodox Church, wonderful theologian, wonderful scholar. And I want to read this quote because it'll kind of seek into what I think the second um, method is. Natural contemplation signifies finding God not only in all things equally, but in all persons. Inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of my brethren, you did it to me. Matthew 25, 40. So what basically he's saying here is whenever we see anybody we see, we should not just see a flesh and blood human. We should actually see somebody that is created in the image of God. That is the right way of seeing each other. And that's why he says, in as much as you have done the least of these to my brethren, you've done it to me. In order to find God, we do not have to leave the world. We do not have to isolate ourselves from our fellow human beings and plunge into some mystical void. Some people feel like they have to be by themselves and just, just, hmm, and they don't have to interact with another person, and that's okay. But what, we're, what he's saying here is we don't have to plunge into that. On the contrary, God, Christ is looking at us through the eyes of all those whom we meet. That's important. Christ is looking at us through the eyes of all of those whom we meet. Once we recognize his universal presence, all of our acts of practical service to others become acts of prayer. Now, what that means is if I put on the right lenses and I walk around and I see everybody as the image of God and I see the glory of God shining in them through that and I understand what the word says and I believe it and that settles it, I'm like, whenever I serve a fellow human being, Christ is looking at me through those eyes and I am doing that stuff unto Christ. That is an act of prayer. God is receiving that as unto himself. This is important for us to understand. When we have the right eyes, then we can move on to this next point, and that is hearing God in community and service. It is not all about our prayer closets. Sometimes God, whether it's in our community groups, whether it's in our covenant groups, whether it's just in service that we do into the community, God can speak to us through that service. Let me tell you something. My community puts up with me. I am a recovering narcissist, and that means that I have problems with ego, but that's okay. <laughs> but seriously, I mean, there's issues that go with that, but my community, um, there's just times where they say, hey, you know, Dwayne's just doing his Dwayne thing, you know, God bless him. But there's times that they speak truth into my life. There's times that they hear me when I cry and I curse and I feel like I can't take anymore. They listen to me non-judgmentally. And do you know that when I listen really closely, even though I'm crying and listening and doing what I'm doing with the community, I can hear the voice of God coming through them. I can hear the forgiveness of God coming through them whenever we're praying, whenever I'm sad about something. That is hearing from God. Guess what? You can even hear God through your enemies. 
God will speak to you through the people that irritate you and that you can't stand. Because guess what? Sometimes when you do life together, the enemies are on your, in your own household. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So whenever we decide, okay, God, I'm not just going to be in my prayer closet, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put myself out there. I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to be vulnerable to hear what you have to say in different people. When my wife talks to me and maybe there's something I really don't want to hear, can I trust that you are speaking through my wife and I can listen to that through my brother, through my neighbors, through my friends, through my mother when she calls. Seriously, once we understand that we can hear God in silence and solitude and in service and community, we won't separate the two. We won't be like, oh, I have to hear God, so I have to go to my prayer closet. No, I have to hear God, so let me go serve right now. I have to hear God, so let me go with my covenant group. I have to hear God, so let me be among my brothers and sisters. There's a both and there. So two methods, hearing God in silence and solitude and hearing God in community service. Now, the last thing that we're going to deal with, I think, is the most important element, and I really want to spend some time on this, because I feel like if this last element is not there, of the one, two, 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 one, then all of the other numbers will either be skewed, they will be lessened in their effect, or it could just fail altogether. And that's one stance that we must take, and that is the stance of humility. The fact of the matter is... We must humble ourselves before the mighty hand and presence of God if we expect to hear God clearly. It is a primary condition. Whenever Jesus came to this world, he came as a servant. He took up on the role as a servant of not only God, but also humanity. This is the, this is the man that when everybody was throwing everything at him and hurling insults and he was hanging on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. He's the one that whenever ever, nobody wanted to wash anybody else's stinky feet, he, he took off his own robe and washed their feet and said, this is the way that I want you to act. Being very God, he made himself nothing. That is the humility and poverty of spirit our Lord carried with him. And you know what? It is that humility that took him through the passion of the cross. He was obedient unto death. That is humility. That is being willing to hear the will of the Father and do it no matter what. And that is the kind of persistence that humility can give us. I want to go back to the scripture. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Those who seek find and those who knock the door will be opened. Let me tell you something. There are times when you are trying to hear God and for whatever reason you don't feel like you can or you're trying to talk to God and God's not saying anything back you think. It is hard and it takes humility to listen even when you're in the threshold of your pain and it feels like God is not there. It takes humility to listen to your brothers and sisters when they are telling you a hard truth about yourself that you don't want to hear. It takes humility. It takes humility when you're in your prayer closet and there's been a grudge that you've had for a year and God says, now's the time to let it go. That's humility. That is self-sacrifice in order that the truth of God would be born in you. That the, all of the peace and the joy and the love of the spirit of God can come through your spirit as it says, Abba, Father. 
but it can only do that as we are humble and broken and willing to be vulnerable. We have to prepare our hearts to listen. See, I remember there was this story, y'all might remember it too, about Jesus being in the temple and there were two people praying. And there was this one religious dude and of course he was, he was talking to God and he was thanking God. He was like, oh God, I thank you that I'm not like that person over there. And if I confess, sometimes I've said that prayer, thank you Lord that I'm not like that person I saw coming in. Can I tell on myself? This is the thing. That kind of spirit, that's not what Jesus was appreciating because there was another person there. He didn't even lift his head up to heaven. He didn't look at all the, the nice stuff. He wasn't looking at who was looking at him. He beat his breast and he was like, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I see the word said that Jesus said that man rather than the other is justified before God. It doesn't matter if we're trying to hear from God when we don't have humility, because guess what? We're just going to hear reflections of our own desires. That's why the Lord's Prayer says what it says as far as our Father, putting the Father first. See, I'm really, good. I'm really glad at, at this season that we're in a season as covenant partners that we are called to listen to God, because let me tell you something. God speaks to every one of us. And he can pour into the life of this church through God speaking to us. But we have to humble ourselves to listen. Because the only way that we will bear the painful truth of our lives is if we open ourselves to hear the truth from the Holy Spirit. And we have to be humble. Sometimes I don't like serving my wife. Sometimes she's irritable. She doesn't like serving me sometimes. But we humble ourselves before God and before each other. And you know what we get through. And we hear God speaking through each other. So the posture of humility is extremely important. I cannot stress it enough, corporately, individually. You can have the goal, and you know that God is for you. You, 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 you know how you're created, you're always speaking to you. Yeah, you see the challenges, but you know that if you spend time with God alone, and you spend time with God and with your neighbors loving your, your, your community, you know that that's, that's doable. But I'm telling you right now, you can have all of that and have pride in your life, and it's going to hinder your prayers. There's a scripture where it talks about the prayers of the husband will be hindered if he treats people wrongly, right? We can't live in ourselves and think that we're really going to hear clearly from God. It just doesn't happen that way. We must purify our hearts. We must say, Lord, I cannot do this alone. I need to completely rely on you. I need that. I've proven over and over again that without you, I can do nothing. Please, and I guarantee you, once you humble yourself, he will exalt you in due season. And when he exalts you, there's nobody that can tear you down. And when he exalts you, he exalts you in such a way that you exalt other people. You don't tear other people down when you raise up. You are, exalt other people as you are exalted because God is exalting you. We have a great call on this church. We are called to be a spiritually empowered community that shares God's love with the world around us. To St. Paul and the world as the Lord leads. That's our calling. How can we do that if we do not humble ourselves and break our hearts before God and before each other? We must have that humility. So, one, two, 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 one. This is the way that I think about hearing from God. This is the way I think about how we can kind of or, or, orchestrate our thinking so that we can understand this is what we need to do to hear God. But I got one more practical challenge, I'm cheating. And this is a practical challenge. 
right where you are, I really want you to think about this and as you leave, I'm doing this right now too. I want us all to commit to ask the Holy Spirit to give us the will to hear God in all things. There are sometimes I don't want to hear the will of God in all things. I don't want to forgive sometimes. I don't want to be loving all the time. I don't want to do those things all the time, but I'm asking God for the will, the will to hear God in my enemy, the willing to hear God when he's revealing all of those painful truths in my prayer closet. I want, you, I want us to commit to that, not only as a body, but as individuals. When you're going in your car and you're driving down the road or something like this, and say, Lord, give me the will to see where you're speaking. Maybe it's that person I should be calling. Maybe it's the person you put on my heart yesterday to talk to, but I really don't want to talk to them. Give me the will to hear you speaking, please. So that's the challenge that I have for us. Let's ask the question, let's ask God, and believe that God will give us the ability to hear clearly and manifest his love and his presence on the earth. Because that's what we're called to do as his called out ones. I'd like to call the prayer team up. I'd like to call the prayer team up. If you feel like you want to talk to somebody right now, like you say, look, I, I have that desire right now. I, I want to have the will to really hear God in all ways, and I struggle with that. Sometimes God feels distant to me when I'm trying to pray to him alone, or sometimes I try to reach out and people hurt me too much and I don't want to hear God that way, but I at least have the will, I at least want to try to do those things. If that's you and you need prayer, the prayer people will be up here. Let's pray. Father. We want to be your children. You want us to laugh and you want us to play and you want us to just say, Abba, Father, and just sharing love, joy, peace, and all of these different things in the power of the Spirit. This is what you want for us. You want to give us the best. But sometimes we fall into different beliefs and we don't understand and we lose our way, Lord. So we just pray that you would, by your Spirit, give us the will. Give us the will to want to hear your voice. You've laid out the path for us. We know that it's possible, but it's gonna be painful. It's gonna be trying. Give us the strength by your Holy Spirit to keep stretching out. Whether it's being a leader as, as, a, as, a, as a, a small term, um, small group, if it's being a mentor, if it's whatever you're calling us to do so we can hear you and participate in your world, give us the strength to do that because we can't do it without you. Now I pray that everybody under the sound of my voice, Lord, that we would be forever changed as you've spoken to us today. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name, amen. All right, um, that's all I have. I love you guys. Be blessed today and serve the Lord.